Friends beyond the binary. It's time for the podcaster who's trying to learn like, like the best. Like I was, I had a joke, but I don't think it's funny or apple. I said he's trying to learn his Eno from his Ono. But you say that's pretty obvious. Who would have to learn the difference between an Eno and an Ono? And I say, oh no. I got me like I could have done a joke with that. Uh, you say Eno. I say, oh, no. Um, and uh, let's all let's all slowly stop, barely pay attention to me so you can fall asleep. If you're confused, you're in the right place because it's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. Patrons, I could not do this without all of you. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome this is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever is keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts, you know, things on your mind that you're thinking about, thoughts. Those are, those are my thoughts. They're on my mind. They're in my mind. They're all around. The feelings that, you know, thoughts about the past, present, future. Feelings, anything coming up for you emotionally. It could be related to the thoughts or feelings that are just there or something else. Uh, physical sensations. Could be any changes, time, temperature, routine, expectations, anticipation, travel mysteries that's so many mysteries so many mysteries are uh getting in the way of my sleep baffles it's been a while since we've talked i mean i've talked about the baffling nature of sleep it's probably hasn't been that long since i've talked about baffles have i talked about my baffles in this way have i if you meet someone normal in any other circumstance except this podcast i think if someone came up to you and said what did i say have we talked about my baffles in this way? Have we, have I talked to you about my baffle issue? My ba- are you baffled, sir? No, 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 no. I have this baffle-based issue. It's not a baffle. Ba- well, it is. It's a baffle-based. Uh, I need some help with some. I have a. I, it's not baffling, actually. It's it's not baffling at all. It's frustrated. I'm frustrated by my baffles. Uh, and I say, okay, I'm afraid our time is up. That's what they, they know. It says, okay, I'm afraid we're getting close to time. Are you doing pod? Then you'd say, this is my the guy I work with. He says, are you doing podcast material or is this uh, like, uh, are you serious? Oh boy, uh, and you get a little get a little sight right into my insides there, everybody. But whatever is keeping you awake, I'm here to take your mind off of it and keep you company so that you can fall asleep. And uh, what I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where I smooth, if if there's any baffles, uh, I don't know, are, I don't know, I guess baffles, I, I guess maybe, so normally with the safe place, I smooth it, I pat it, I rub it down. And then with the baffles, I would poof it back up. Um, so maybe we'll talk about that more. What's a baffle? Good question. My impression of a baffle is it's a, some sort of shape uh, stitched into some sort of any sort of bedding, filled with a material uh, that's not that's a non-solid form. Um, 
so that there's there can be um, material with air in between it, uh, probably trap warm air, and also to offer some some loft. Oh yeah, baffles and loft. That's the other word I was looking for. I need loft in my baffles. Uh, is Emma, did Emmett, didn't Emmett, the company that represents Emmett Otter stop listening to the podcast? Cause if they did, there's another song for Emmett Otter three, Emmett Otter's jug band bedtime. Uh, there's loft, there's, I need loft in my baffles. Uh, that has a nice amount of syllables. My baffles have lost their loft. Uh, that's not, they could be part of the song. I'm trying to think of other ones cause, uh. I need loft in my baffles. I guess that could be more of a pick you up thing, you know, but it could be when maybe during a, like a road trip montage, uh, they're going on a road trip to find lofts for their baffles. That would be a metaphorical journey, obviously, because they would never, let's say mom said baffles are, you know, where you find your baffles and your loft always at home. Uh, that's where like something like that. So that solved that one. Oh, so I'm going to try to create a safe place and then I'm going to send my voice across the deep, 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 dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones. So it means my voice is imperfect, but it's here to keep you company and take your mind off of stuff. Not traditionally soothing, uh, pointless meanders and superfluous tangents. You just got a few of those. Because I, I, a pointless meander was about the baffles. Then the superfluous tangent was about Emmett Otter, a new Emmett Otter special. And then I went, I guess, I don't know if it was a superfluous tangent or a, whatever the other one is, pointless meander, when I said, well, okay. And then I started to speculate on what song and what order of the lyrics would be best for Emmett. And then it's like, well, what would the plot of Emmett Otter special about baffles and loft be? My, my, I don't like this. My baffles done lost their loft. Uh, that actually does work. Like normally I'd say, I don't know about that, but, but, uh, lost their loft, uh, does work. My baffles have lost their loft. That sounds more like a nursery rhyme. Anyway, just a couple ideas. That's pointless meanders. So if you're new, this show could be very strange. Well, it could be. No, this show is very strange especially when you first listen. It can also be frustrating, annoying, irritating, not everyone's cup of tea when you first listen. And it could stay that way, but for most people that become regular listeners, I guess obviously that changes. Uh, And this is something that has been recommended probably a million times, uh, is give it a few tries before you give up on the show. Just see how it goes. But if you're coming here skeptical or doubtful, that totally makes sense because this show is like one of many sleep audios and there's so many different sleep products and sleep solutions. Our show is more process-based, but like if you've tried a lot of stuff like I have and a lot of quaint advice you get from uh, relatives and stuff, you say, okay, that stuff only doesn't, never really works totally for me, or it takes too much work, or I can't consistently do it, or it doesn't consistently work for me. And so if you came here, of course you're going to be frustrated. One, I don't know if this is going to work, and somebody recommended it. It's The show does not sound like you probably expected creaky dulcet tones and a, a bit strange. And I say, you're right. And 
So let me give you some more information if you if you want to um, give it a try and see how it goes. Because the, the reason I make the show is because you're important and your sleep is important. I don't just believe that. I know it is true. You deserve a safe place where you can get some rest and some sleep. I know how it feels in a lot of other people listening right now. We might not be able to identify with exactly what you're going through, but a lot of us can identify with how it feels in the deep, dark night or in the morning, not getting enough rest or anticipating bedtime and it being a rigmarole. We can identify with those things because we know how it feels. And so if I can help with you, not only is it important because you deserve some respite, but it's important because if you get the rest you need, your life will be more manageable. And believe me, I know what it's like to have, like to have an unmanageable life uh, from sleeplessness and other things. And it's not pleasant, right? And, and you deserve more than that. You, if this could be one of those stepping stones for you to get the rest you need, for things to be more manageable, to you, for you to flourish, that means your world's a better place to be in. And we're all in this community together, planet or whatever, spaceship Earth, planet Earth, whatever they call it. So that's why the show is important to me. So I hope you give it a few tries. Uh, let me give you the, the, some of the strange stuff about the show. This is a podcast you don't really listen to. You just kind of barely listen. And so you kind of say, okay, like some people listen as background noise. Some people listen as they're falling asleep. So like if you're paying attention and waiting for it to get sleepy, it's better off you kind of pay attention to me. I mean, I'm not worthy of your full attention. I mean, I'm just saying that because it's like it, it, it might not be obvious at this point. You say, oh, okay. You're like, okay, yeah, you and you, you, you're making up Emmett Otter songs, huh? Don't, I don't even know who Emmett Otter is, but obviously a singing otter with the name Emmett or Emma. Okay, yeah. So just kind of um, nod along with me. It's just like if you called someone and you asked, you say, hey, can you talk to me for a while? I'm not going to pay attention. I'm going to fall asleep or put the TV on in the other room so I can hear it. So I have something to keep me company in the deep, dark night. I'm here to take your mind off of stuff, to be your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar sib, your boar cuz, your boar bestie, your boar bur, your neighbor, your boar friend, uh, to, to, to keep you company while you fall asleep. So you do just you don't need to listen to me, but you can. I'll be here for the whole episode to keep you company. So it's kind of like this weird optional thing. That's one of the things that makes the show work and also doesn't put you to sleep. I keep you company while you drift off. So those are two hurdles for new listeners, understandably. Then the structure of the show can also throw people off, but I'll explain it to you because it's very intentional. Show starts off with a greeting. Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Then I say something ideally witty and hilarious, but that's what I strive for. You say, well, it wasn't bad. I don't remember what you said, but it kind of barely smiled. I say, great job done. So the intro is meant ideally that you feel welcomed in, seen, and you say, okay, the tone of the show is a little bit different. Uh, then the goal of the podcast is to come out twice a week for free. And we do that through our sponsors, our listener support. Then we also have support for the people who listen to the show if you're having a tough time and support for the communities around the show that we want to stay involved in. Because I found that just feeling a little bit more empowered 
and being of service to others is something that does positively impact sleep. It just your overall well-being is good. Like being a part of community and being a part of service to others. So uh, that's that part. Then there's an intro, which is separate from the support and, and all that. And sometimes people just lump it all together. But so, somewhere around six, eight minutes into the show, till about 20 minutes in the show, is the intro. And the intro is a show within a show where I try to explain what the podcast is. And it takes me 12 to 18 to 20 minutes to do so. Uh, and I don't do so necessarily successfully. But it's also a transition time. So a lot of listeners are getting ready for bed. They're getting in bed, getting comfortable. They're doing a wind-down routine. And that's what the intro is for. It's like a, a, a drifting off time. It's like setting the stage for sleep. Now, there is a small percentage of listeners that are sleeping. There's a small percentage of listeners that skip the intro. But there's actually more people that listen to all intros than skip the intro or fall asleep during the intros. But then they fall asleep during the all intros. That's on Patreon. But so it's uh, it's just meant to be part of your bedtime, your wind down routine. Even if you're in bed drifting off, it's like a slow lowering and, and drifting away and getting away from the day and getting comfortable, easing you into bedtime. Then there's sponsor support again, so show can come out twice a week for free. And then there'll be our bedtime story. Tonight we'll be doing some unboxing of magic tricks, but not revealing how they're done. And that's a part of our partnership and raising awareness for the Midnight Mission. Uh, and you could find out more. You could sign up for our newsletter. You could be a part of positive change like and be empowered at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash badmagic. If you want to see me do some magic tricks for free, you just sign up for that newsletter for free. And um, so that's, then there's a bedtime story, then there's thank yous. So that's the structure of the show. If you don't like the show, I have a list of other sleep podcasts and sleep audio at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. So you could try to find something there that helps. And, and I think that's it. That's why I make the show... That's the structure of the show. I'm really glad. You're, oh, I was going to talk about baffles quick. Uh, okay, so we established a baffle is something that ideally holds law holds uh, some sort of fabric or batting, um, or loose fiber fill type material in with loft, uh, which means separated by air, in some sort of pocket within a piece of bedding. A quilt or a comforter would be the most popular versions of that. My issue has been, and it's just due to my own tossing and turning and whatever else is going on in my bed, that uh, I have to, I've been having to reloft my bedding, reloft my baffles every single night. I think I even made an episode about this, but I have to shake out my main comforter. Uh, and really reloft it because uh, I don't know. So I, I guess I'm not that baffled. Pretty simple. I guess it's just, uh, I just I find it. I, I say I wish. Uh, I mean, I guess you could. There was once upon a time a pair of sneakers called the pump or something where you pumped them up. I don't think that would be efficient for. But a self baffling, self lofting baffle. Wait a second. That does sound like something we could sell at least. Uh, 
He's invented the first self-lofting baffle. You say it doesn't self-loft. Uh, what about a perpetually lofting baffle? Is that that's not possible, huh? That would break time and space once again. Auto auto baffle. How about baffle auto baffler? That's that's this podcast. They could, that would be my name. Say with uh, different superheroes, the auto baffler. You see, that's my hobby. <laughs> see, what's Scooter doing? Probably out auto baffling himself. Uh, see, but that's in, that's not about betting. That's uh, I'm confused. I'm automatically confused. Uh, different kind of baffle. But yeah, the auto baffler one thousand, Gene. It, you could take it home today uh, if you get this uh, price price is correct. So anyway, I'm glad you're here. I work really hard. I yearn and I strive, and I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways I'm able to do it for you for free twice a week. Everybody, Scoots here, and I'm back uh, with another unboxing magic episode. I wish I would have thought of that the first episode. I just thought of it now. And what does unboxing magic mean? This Now, this one, these next ones I'll do over the next, whatever, year. I mean, these will be slowly leaked out. Oh, boy, is it exciting. I found uh, through, uh, you know, what, what people would call a second-hand store. Uh, I would. I don't think I found it. Here's the thing. If I found a raspberry beret, please remind me, don't put it in your mouth. Uh, that, like, even if, whether I find it at a say, uh, Well, he, I guess he didn't know. He was spe- Prince. I'm talking about Prince right now. Talk about magic. Uh, in the song Raspberry Beret, Prince, I guess, was speculating because Prince said the kind you find at it. She wore a raspberry beret. Um, I think there was a video for it. I, I remember. I think it was a dreamy video, or these are my impressions. Oh, but what, what, I thought this was unboxing magic. Well, if it's a Prince box set and you're unboxing it, you're unboxing magic, man. Uh, but uh, like uh, that in that song, Prince. That that song was about. Uh, I don't know what it was about, but but the, like the part that caught in my head that now I'm going off topic about. Prince was saying, she wore a raspberry beret, the kind you find at a secondhand store. And then reminding us once again that the song's not about the secondhand store, Scoots. It's about her. She wore a raspberry beret. And I would say, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure the majority of reasonable people would say, it's a raspberry colored beret, Scoots. And I'd say, okay, so it's not a beret. It's not a beret made of raspberries. That makes sense. Probably can't get that at a secondhand store anyway. And um, uh, w- 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 I got mixed up again. Um, well, yeah, I mean, you, if you bought a ra- I mean, I guess you could say it was made from dried raspberries even then. But I was thinking it could be a raspberry, like, well, you're right. We should just move on. Here's a was it? This was the '80s when a lot of things were scented. Like they must have invented something in the '80s where you could make stuff smell like stuff. That maybe didn't well because the scratch and sniff, sniff, scratch and sniff, scratch and sniff stickers. That was a whole thing. They have it now. Or they have lip balms. The most uh, one of those things that smells like good good stuff. But uh, I don't think it was if because you wouldn't want to wear a scratch and sniff beret, though it wouldn't be bad if it, here's here's an idea. 
let's invent a beret makers and scent makers of the world. I mean, talk about magic is a raspberry beret. When you get, when you're working up like that has some sort of warming, when you get warm, it smells like raspberries. And it's also it could be colored raspberry. And, and you can say, well, she wore a chalk, 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 chocolate beret. Something that's easy for a stutterer to say. And, uh, you know, you could smell the chocolate as she walked away. That would be my, that's my song. Like, that would be a, a downbeat song. Okay, so we're talking magic, though, here. And I, so I've gone. I've, I've, you know, I've, I found, I had a quest, I quit the quest because uh, sometimes I take on these quests and I don't know when to say when. This is one of the main stories of my life, how I got sober. Uh, actually, it was bigger than that, but uh, even I have to remind myself that I don't know when to stay when. I don't know when to say when or stay when. Stay when, that could be a character's name. But uh, John Staywin. In any relation to John Stamos? No, because it just has stay in the last name. Stacy Stawin, uh, at large, uh, counselor at large. Vote for Stacy Stawin, counselor at large. Uh, not sure what that means, but I've always wanted to say it on a podcast. Um, so, okay, so, um, so I've, 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 I haven't quit the quest. I've temporarily placed it on hold due to uh, having too much stuff and not setting a budget. I don't think I exceeded my budget since I definitely got, this was one of those times I got way, way, way more than I paid for. Well, probably too many ways. Definitely way more than I paid for it. The value and the cost were perfectly aligned. So... The quest was, once I thought, this is the connection I made, that uh, magic kits of my youth I would find at garage sales. And I said to myself, I wonder if any secondhand stores have magic stuff. And, I mean, that's a whole other level of magic, magic of uh, used things. But it turns out they do. And it turns out I was able to acquire, like in the first episode, we did a magic kit or magic set. But I was also able to acquire a couple lots, L-O-T-S's of magic stuff, uh, where uh, a certain organization, they, they, I guess they were either either someone who was a magician, a magician a person who collected magic tricks, or some visionary somewhere were reaping the benefits of, of a visionary. And, it, and I don't say that lightly. I do say it in the meaning of a person who has vision, like uh, they were a visionary. Now we don't know whom. This could be another. This could be another podcast. Could this could be a good good episode for um some podcast? I don't even know. Like it used to be the mystery show. They could uncover it, but uh, is so okay. So uh, from a certain. You, you used donation where you donate used goods. They had a LOT, like a collection, an undisclosed number of magic tricks you could you could buy in a bag. And I purchased two of them. They had two. I purchased both. Uh, 
And so I'm saying there's a visionary because either someone who who had a home full of magic tricks, very well-maintained magic tricks, by the way, and most of them seemingly purchase at independent magic shops or on the internet from independent magicians. So no big, not a lot of big magic here. We got a lot of indie magic, man. And, um, and believe me, I'm saying none of this was a snark or irony or snark. Uh, so, but someone had a vision, whether it's a person who donated it or someone worked at this, or it was a magic store that donated it, uh, that went to the big, the big retail farm in the sky, or it was someone that worked at this organization who said, Hey, why don't we organize all these things together and then sell? Because it's going to be tough to move this uh, one trick. So when I'm saying complimentary to the visionary, I don't know whose vision I'm complimenting, but I'm saying we're the beneficiaries of that visionary. And I think that's clear now that I've stated it. So what we're going to do here is I'm going to reach into a box, uh, fill, and you won't hear any of this because it'll be edited out of the show. That's a, that's a little magic of editing. I'm going to pull out a magic trick. I'm going to look at it. We're going to talk about it. Maybe I'll go on tangents. Who knows where where it leads us? This is the kind of stuff. Uh, this is when I really love making the podcast. I don't know if you, if you hear it in my voice. Uh, like we get to go down a meandering. I went down one meandering road. Now we get to go down the road together. And I haven't. I perused them because I took them out of the bag and I put them in a smaller box so they'd be organized, but I didn't really look at them or anything like that. So it'll be, this is going to be exciting stuff. Also, don't, I, I probably like, uh, don't ask me to perform magic because I won't be good at it. Um, I'm try, trying to convince my daughter to do it and get into it. And um, what was my other thing? I don't know. So let's do it, and then we'll just see how it goes. Maybe I'll talk about some other magical experiences I've had. Okay, the first one is a wallet. Uh, And actually, I think, um, okay, well, so this one, oh, boy. Uh, Now, it doesn't have any instructions. doesn't have any wrapping. It is a... What you may may classify as a trifold wallet. I think this is maybe more of a... What do they call it? Not a, it's not a gimmick, a, a gag versus a magic trick, but maybe not. Um, so this one looks like it probably shouldn't be in my hands. It has, so so it's a, it's some sort of pleather. And inside it, it looks like if you were going to do some sort of trick where, it, like this kind of thing you definitely need the instructions for or you got to do it outside. But you may have seen it before where a magician opens a wallet and... Uh, like it's like a gas stove uh, and or like a lighter. And actually, when I open the wall, it looks like there's uh, some sort of, uh, I don't know. I, I don't understand it. So I'm going to put it away. Okay, now this one is a, is in a, in a bag. And uh, there's multiple pieces of paper. And these are money tricks, but with what seemingly looks like real currency. And this is definitely the kind of thing you either buy, like you either bought or a friend gave someone. They're all printed on zero, like a paper that was printed out uh, from a printer or a Xerox uh, copy machine. So this is as indie as magic gets. Uh, 
this one is the floating dollar bill, the first trick. Uh, and, uh, oh, you make a table from a playing card and then place a dollar bill on it. Uh, and then you make the dollar bill float. Uh, magic. Uh, then you place everything back in your pocket and you take a bow. And inside, again, I don't reveal tricks, uh, but it looks like there's the take card to make the table and you provide your own bill. So it's a card, like cut, cut playing card that you would make into a table that you would hold in your hand, in the palm of your hand, just like the, the um, hymn says or the church song says, uh, I'm going to hold a playing card in the palm of my hand and make something float. Okay, next trick is a torn and restored bill. Now, no offense to the um, the magic we had before, the other magic set, and maybe I'll do these out of order. Maybe this is the first one. This looks like it's using now. That's why another reason I won't say the name of the company, because it looks like they're really using real currency. And that's going to be... Um, make it more magical, you know, especially with kids, if it's a fake dollar... So let's see the effect so we don't have to do it. A uh, dollar bill is taken from the magician's wallet, shown to the audience, torn in half, and then into four quarters, and then displayed as a fan, folded into a packet, and then opened and completely restored. And uh, holy cow, there's, a, there's no trick in there. It must be just instructions on how to do it, maybe. But here's like a thank you card from this company. Um, uh, they're selling them on different internet places. Uh, for this one, you did not receive a real dollar bill, it, but this is, uh, we're sorry, but this is an error. We couldn't afford to keep real dollar bills for this trick. Uh, so you will have to prepare a bill for the card or for the trick. Like, understandable, because like, they don't want to lose all their profit, giving away dollar bills to be torn up. Okay, this next one is a pencil through the bill. This one, the magician is, shows him a bill, folds a piece of paper around the bill. A pencil is pushed through the paper and the bill. All the way through, removed. The paper and the bill are opened. There's a hole in the paper, but no mark on the bill itself. And it comes like, uh, well, oh no, it doesn't come. There's another note that says, thanks a lot. We didn't include a bill because, uh, but we'll tell you how to do it. Again, understandable. This this one is the self-folding bill. One of the best tricks in magic. Uh, normal bills placed in the hand. Magicians command the bill slowly and mysteriously begins to fold itself. Uh, holy cow. It is seen to fold first in half, then into fourths, then into eighths. Uh, this sounds amazing. It does sound one of the best facts. And then it's handed out for inspection. And there is a bill in there. Uh, and it does say, again, in the preparation, this is one of the best effects possible. So that should be cool. Uh, the next one is bill transpo transposition. Incredible bill routine. This has a long effect. Two bills shown, one $5, one $1. Magician closes their hand around both bills. Uh, with left hand, removes $1 bill. So close your eyes, picture that. Uh, 
He does this very slowly, showing it fairly to the audience, closes his hand around it. Magician questions the audience as to which bill was in which hand. The spectators claim they saw the dollar bill in the left hand, and the dollar bill should still be in the right hand. But the magician opens their hands, showing the five-dollar bill in the left and the uh, uh, and the one-dollar in the right. The bills have switched places, but the same effect is shown again. This time, the bills begin in the spectator's hand. Uh, the magician removes the dollar bill from the spectator's closed hand, places it within his own, pretends to pluck the five-dollar bill. When both hands are open, the spectator now has the dollar bill. The magician has the $5 bill. All this happens in the spectator's hand. Triple exclamation point. And the spectator can even inspect the $1 bill. And I don't know how trick is done, but it looks like there's a bill in the, the kit. Okay, then this one, I think it's missing a page. Oh, yeah, here we go. Someone was at this, must have been the only trick that somebody was looking at how to do it. Bill through bill. Two bills are shown. One is folded within the other. Slowly and mysteriously, the one bill begins to pass through the other sides of the bill and are shown to the spectators. And it comes with the bill. So that's interesting. So there's some money magic. Oh, speaking of money magic, uh, here's another. This is a bag. and it, um, I don't know if there's any instructions in here. So, well, let's lean into it, right? It says float, floating quarter, wavy from Coin Magic. And I don't see any instructions. So, this is the kind of thing I'm going to have to look up in the internet. But then, in, in a little bag is a, well, let me open up the bag. So, in the bag is more coins. So, I don't know if you can do more magic or not. Uh, it has uh, two pennies uh, and and like three quarters in different arrays of uh, some of the quarters are whole and some are not whole. And I would assume the whole quarter is the floating quarter. It's from 1979. Oh, yeah, you want to know? Uh, you ought to know by now, am I right? Uh, it has something on there, though. Huh. I don't know if this is one of those ones where the magician can break the coin. Who knows? Uh, I was trying to figure out what minute's from. I don't see it, so it may not be actual, real. uh, Interesting. This is some sort of magical gimmick quarter, but I don't know how to operate it. So, oh oh boy, I see something. I wish I was a magician. Huh. So this is definitely some sort of magic quarter. So that one, we don't have any, we don't know the tricks, but uh, it seems like you could make a quarter float in water, maybe put quarters together, take them apart. I don't know. Okay, this is another unlabeled bag uh, with a red handkerchief inside. And I know this is the kind of thing that's like, oh man, if these handkerchiefs could talk, would I want to know what they have to say? But I don't know, this is just a... It's a hundred percent silk red handkerchief. Uh, so this is the kind of thing only a magician would know what to do. I mean, you do know. Well, I can't do it. It's it's. Uh, I don't know. So I mean, it's a magician's handkerchief. 
that a magician could use to, to perform magic. It's red, it's uh, silky, and I mean, I do know I couldn't successfully do it, which shows that I'm, you know, I'm not, I don't have that kind of, but I do know like some magicians, you know, can make, make handkerchiefs really small and then make them appear and stuff like that. Uh, so that's cool. So we'll talk right now. So we'll just use a little tangent interlude here. There was one of my favorite magic shows, uh, that I saw was, uh, when I was volunteering at the Anthony Quinn public library in East Los Angeles. So shout out to, to Anthony Quinn public libraries in uh, East LA. And, uh, some people wrote summer reading programs everywhere. So I was volunteering, helping out at the summer reading program there after school, after summer school. Back when I was a teacher, well, in the summer, you weren't a PE teacher. So I was just a teacher's aide. And so I volunteered at this thing. And sometimes they had programming, right? Uh, I got to do bingo. And uh, you say, Scooch, what's your bingo? Like I say, well, uh, Saul Goodman did it the same way I do it. Uh, So if you've seen Better Call Saul, you've seen how I do my bingo. Exact same style. Um, but so the, the one time the librarian said, okay, today we have this magic show and we have two magicians coming. And so this is LA. And, and if you live in LA, like your, you, the quality of programming you get in enthusiasm particularly is always going to be like, I think you just have much more variety to choose from, and the, at least the enthusiasm, even if the quality isn't as good. I talked about this before with, like, different um, assemblies we used to have at the school I worked at and how inspirational it was. Uh, but so I think just because so many people are, like, like interested in performance and, uh, like, have their hopes and their dreams, that uh, you're always in for a good time. And this really turned out to be the case for this magic show because it was two youth. uh, And I'd say youth because I guess, wait, I was like, I think I was like 21 or 22 years old and they were younger than me. So these were high school aged youth, uh, maybe even younger. And one of the, like, uh, they seemed to be best friends. And one of them was named Hawaiian Cam. Uh, and, and they had, uh, my favorite part of the magic show, the kids loved it. Uh, it was what you would call like, uh, there are better magicians than me. I mean, we could say that with as a definitive fact and more importantly for public performance, they had fun, they had enthusiasm and it seemed like they had joy in their hearts. Were they good magicians, even though they're better magicians than me? I would say probably not. But uh, my favorite thing that they did was they took turns. And so they were they weren't a team. So maybe they were a team, but they were also like uh, and all youth appreciate this, like some parallel mag. They weren't doing parallel magic play. But so what they would do is uh, when it was one of the other person's turn, so they had their little magician stage set up or stand, you know, and they were using a lot of kit magic, which is fine because we're talking magic stuff right now. 
But what they would do, this is probably one of the, like, like other than cute animals, this was very cute. It was adorable. I would say it was adorable. Uh, one of them, when it wasn't their turn, they would just duck behind the stage. But it was literally like uh, one of them was standing behind it, too. And it was like barely the width of a human waist. Uh, but they would duck down like like uh, in a magical way. Uh, not like they're disappearing, but they would disappear. And, uh, you know, all the kids were laughing. And they, so it was great. It was one of, I mean, one of the top highlights of my life. Uh, that when you look back and stuff, you're like, wow, I was lucky to be there for that one. And I also got to do bingo at some point. So that was, you know, those are two. Uh, I didn't even realize I had to knock those things off my list, but I did. Uh, we got another one. This has a price tag on it. So we can assume that, uh, and it comes in a bag with a hang. So this could have been from a magic shop. Uh, and it was $4.50. It, it, it's easy to do. And it says it's hilarious comedy magic. The incredible three and a half of clubs trick. Uh, and what I can see is in one side, I'll pull out the instructions. There's a, die, a, a, a one die and a couple cards. And actually a couple cards and then it's only one sheet. This is really, um, really like, uh. I don't know who I got to get in touch with. This could be like, it's just so interesting thinking about how the internet has affected magic, probably in a positive way, making it more accessible. But I mean, I love magic shops. So I guess I am a little torn, but so this is, um, so it's been around a long time. It says it offers opportunity for great comedy magic. Uh, and this is printed on uh, authentic uh, bicycle stock. So effect one the magician states he has previously removed a card from the deck and placed it in his pocket. The spectator selects a card. Uh, the magician removes the card from his pocket and wagers it is the same suit and exactly one half the value of the spectator's card. And uh, the spectator's card is a seven, a half, seven of clubs. Not to worry, the magician reveals a three and a half of clubs. Interesting. And then effect two, uh, this method is based on a fact called Miko by Milt Court. Uh, one of six cards face down on the table is selected by a spectator. The spectator rolls a dice and totals the top and bottom numbers. The magician states that the selected card is exactly one half the total of the die. The die total seven. The selection is the three and a half of clubs. And it comes with, oh, okay, so I found the card. It's a three and a half of clubs uh, card. So it's kind of, uh, don't say, I still don't get it because I don't know how it works, but uh, sounds interesting, huh? Okay, this one is heavy, uh, and it's in two bags. And from what I can see, I see some string and I see some cards, uh, but that's all I see right now. Okay, so inside bag one, this is its own lot of magic, I think. Uh, we have extra string in one bag. Uh, then more string, which looks like it has been used for magic. And then some playing cards. And they're also bicycle playing cards. 
And then the instructions folded up. And now we're getting to history because this is, uh, this is, looks like it was written on a typewriter and photocopied. So, but there is a picture of, uh, cards. So, so this is, uh, Nick's lie detector card trick. Uh, and this is definitely, um, stuff that I don't know. I think they explain it because you have to set it up in a certain order. Values run each value. So this is more advanced uh, routine. Explain that the deck of cards will act as a lie detector. Spread the cards down and have someone touch the back of any card. A free choice. Uh, the touch card is laid face down. Have the spectator look at the card. As they do, cut the deck to the point the card was removed. Complete the cut. And that sets the deck. Uh, explain that you'll ask the spectator about some questions about the card, and he, either, he can either lie or tell the truth in each case. Whether he lies or tells the truth, you will spell the answer he gives. Uh, and uh, so then you ask questions and uh, figure out if they're lying or telling the truth somehow. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, so this seems more advanced and it doesn't have any string in it. So this is really a two for one. And I don't know what these cards are either because it doesn't have a whole deck of cards here. So let's take these cards out of the wrapper and, uh, oh, interesting. I don't know. These cards aren't even the same, uh, yeah, so who knows what's a uh, couple jokers, one, two, three, four jokers, an ace, and, a, and another card. So, I mean, there is a level of intimacy to this. We just, I guess there is an intimacy just because we don't know whose uh, privacy we're like. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, so this is a bag with bags in it uh, and not all the instructions. And really, this is, I mean, I'm so grateful to be able to make this podcast uh, and be doing this stuff. Okay, we got another one here. Oh, boy. So I'm looking at the bag. There's a dime, a penny, and a... um like a big pen in there. Okay, now I'm turning it over, and it's uh, five-minute magic. Learn to do magic in five minutes. Electronic rating pen. Rate your friends on a scale of one to ten. Three routines. But there's also a penny and a dime that don't seem to be related to the pen. And we'll just look at the routines. Uh, they said, no, hey, no. Hatter. Uh, this is an electronic rating pen. There's a chip in here that rates people on one to ten. Hold out your hand, place a penny of the dime, uh, and then say, okay, that's a rating. Uh, wow, you, you know, and then you use it to rate them. Interesting. Okay, well, so yeah, I don't know what that one is. Maybe it's like to for bar. This one is a cap in a bottle. Uh, Empty bottle of beer, regular cap, then put the cap inside the bottle. Everyone can see it inside. Then take the cap out and give it for examination. After that, put the cap back inside and then give the bottle to a spectator with the cap inside. No one can get it out. Uh, then the magician can take the cap from the bottle again and take the cap back, or take the bottle and take the cap back out. 
then put the cat back inside as and if he wish he can give the bottle with the cap inside as a present. Great gimmick, great gift, or great idea. So I have no idea how that works. Uh um I mean this one's really intriguing. And uh, let's see, this has a credit for somebody, the uh, two great magicians, uh, Bloom from Sphinx Magazine and Michael W. Uh, and his book, uh, Lifesavers, Create Effect, uh, which was my inspiration, the creator of this one. And uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like magic to me. I may try to do this one with root beer or, uh, or something, or, uh, what do you call it? Ginger ale. Okay. So this one again, oh boy, holy moly. We have, uh, somebody's, now this is hard because this is where we're fi- finding this. This is a, a conjuration society thing. Uh, it says, thank you for your order. They ordered on the internet and it gets definitely ordered on the internet, like back in the day because of websites and stuff, uh, were interesting, but let's take a look. Oh no, this is, uh, so it's uh, like, uh, be it known that John Doe is, uh, recognized in the society as a member with all rights, uh, uh, Given this eighth day of May, 1790. Uh, pretty cool. Oh, you can get a free membership. To, oh, the above certificate is all in fun. Uh, composed in, in Microsoft Word. Oh, so you can get a free certificate if you want. Okay, and this one, oh boy, it's like three pamphlets. One one of which is a bonus uh and uh, one is uh, Seven Easy Classics of Magic, uh, How to Read Minds, uh, and 102 Easy Magic Tricks. Uh, and the 102 Easy Magic Tricks, the, the, um, a lot of the uh, things is, uh, looks like, uh, um, what do you call it, uh, a lot of it looks like the kind of cartoons you'd see in a comic book or whatever. Uh, and it just has a bunch of little tiny, uh, you know, simple magic tricks. How to read minds. Uh, read mine. It's going off topic. Uh, let's see. Oh, it's it doesn't have any. I don't know if it actually has tricks. Uh Interesting. So you'd have to read through this uh, to figure, you know, to get to your thing. And then this one is uh, Secret Sir, Secret uh, Seven Select Magic, uh, Torn and Restored Napkin. This one was printed in 1996. Uh, penetrating Paper Balls, a dollar bill from the air. This is a very good opening trick. Surprises the uh, audience. Uh, and being a trick with money interests everyone. And uh, cool. Floating paper ball. Uh, this is uh, trying to figure out. Uh, um, yeah, I can't really read it because it doesn't want to spoil. I'm not spoiling any tricks here. Um, swirling handkerchief. Uh, 
shirt pulling stunt. Uh, this is one of those grand perennial magic comic magic stunts uh, that baffles the audience. Uh, Las Vegas, Atlantic City could be. This has been done on uh, on TV. And the Lazy Magician's card trick. So those are some of the ones that came in this group of kit tricks. Then this one is called uh, Glass Box Penetration. And let's see, the effect. A toothpick seemingly penetrates a matchbox, which is later shown to be contain a solid block of glass. Uh, and this person says, Jesus, uh, you know, I was invited to go to this one magic thing. I developed the matchbox presentation effect a la glass because I needed a magician fooler. Knowing I was performing in front of an audience, I was expecting the brass block. I knew the heat would be on. So it's, I think this is just an, like, I don't think this is any... um uh I don't know. So this is just a yellow piece of paper. I, there, there is like a, a red uh, uh, thing, but it's ba- like that I found loose in the box. But I think that's, I don't think they're related. Color changing rope, easy to do. A rope changes instantly in color from white to red. And uh, that's it. Color changing rope, uh, flashy magic. This is another one printed, uh, $10, uh, from one company, Hunter's Monty. Uh, the street swindle becomes a visual, st- visually stunning routine. Only a couple smooth moves, which are easily taught, uh, are required to perform this. Uh, and it comes with bonus tips too. It comes from the routine of uh, Rudy, who uh, used this routine in front of thousands of lay people. uh, Cocktail parties, table hopping, paying public loves this routine. Let's hope you'll get as much out of it. Uh, I want to see the... uh, So it doesn't have anything without me revealing it, So, but it sounds cool. Out of all the tricks, it's like, oh, that one I might try. Now, this one has a ba- a, ba- a the thing of playing cards, a m- picture frame, and then the instructions in this bag. So this could be anything. Okay, this is a mind-reading picture frame. The effect, the magician uh, uh, displays an ordinary empty picture frame and explains that they can read minds. They cover it with cloth, and the spectator chooses a card from the deck. The cards return to the deck. The deck's put away. The magician tries to guess the value of the chosen card, but fails. He then whisks away the cloth covering the frame, and the card is seen in the frame behind the glass. Uh, the magician looks into the frame and then guesses uh, the card. So, interesting. Uh, okay, here's another one. This one's called Floating Match. And in the bag is the instructions and some playing cards, it looks like. So let's see if they're one trick or two. Okay, so the playing cards are in some cellophane. 
And floating match, the effect, this fantastic effect in which a magician holds a playing card and places a matchstick on top of it. He gives some magical passes and slowly and eerily the matchstick floats above the card. Another card is passed under the floating stick to prove it has no connection with the card. The stick is commanded to descend and it does slowly come down and rest and and then it's returned to the astonished spectator. Wow, so that's cool. You may be asking yourself, how, Scoots, how are these done? I say, I don't know. I don't really, if I, even if I knew, I would already forgot. Uh, it's a miracle making a sleep podcast. Okay, I don't know if this one has instructions. Uh, this one has a piece of paper, two keys, and some string on there. And the paper has something written on there. But this may be, like, maybe someone's performing magic on me even as we speak. <laughs> yeah. This is like a key to a Regal Cinema. It says, uh, I'm not kidding. It says Regal Cinema, and there's two keys in here with string. Uh, is it magic? Uh, getting into a Regal Cinema would be magic. Okay, I found another one here. It's a plastic bag with uh, some sort of billfold instructions. And this one's called The Wave. Congrats on your purchase. Of the wave, uh, what is a wave? Uh, four uh, blank face cards are shown by the magician. The spectator selects in their mind a jack, for example, the jack of hearts. The magician spreads the four blank cards, and then one of them magically becomes a uh, jack. Uh, then the other cards are turned over, and they have changed too. So some sort of magic trick, uh uh, with a bunch of cards. Uh, yeah, interesting. Okay, this one is was $3, uh, and it just has instructions in a baggie. Oh, no, it doesn't. It has a piece of cellophane in there, which may be part of it. Uh, and this is an old one because it's typewritten. See-through glass board. See-through glass board. Uh, three cards, uh... Let the audience choose one of the cards. Magician takes out one transparent once. Uh, may, I don't know. May, this might be mixed in the box somewhere, but I don't want to accidentally spoil the trick. But yeah, somehow they somehow magic happens with see-through cards. Oh, this one has a magic bag. This is a black silk bag, and it is an unopened box of cards. A uh, a magical uh, like a gimmick uh, finger thing. Like uh, you say, well, this is a magician's finger. I don't know if it'll make me more magic. Two coins that say a magic on them, but they're not real. Real coin. I mean, there's some sort of magic coins. Some rope. So I think this is one of the tricks I could actually do. I mean, this, I don't necessarily, this is like one of those ones where like, uh, you're probably showing like there's three different lengths of rope, you know, the magicians do that. Uh, then somehow they make them all the same or whatever. I don't know how they do it, but, uh, this has three different lengths of rope, medium, short, and long. And then the cards, I have no idea if they're real cards or magic cards, uh, cause they're still in the wrapper. Okay, we're getting down to it. There's a uh, magic card tricks from bicycle playing cards. A list of magic tricks in there. 
impossible matrix, uh, one of the baffling coin matrix routines ever. The effect, three coins mysteriously, one at a time, go beneath between two playing cards. It looks impossible because you show your hands empty before and after each coin travels. Uh, that's impossible matrix. And I don't know if these are the cards that go with it, but there's like these cards with uh, circles on them. Um, I'm not sure if these are the impossible matrix cards or not. They're like playing cards with blue or yellow circles. Then there's a paper bag with two holes punched in it, and it says impress. Uh, I don't think, I don't know if it's magic or not. Then there's a rubber band and another instructions. Deluxe card catcher. No more long, tedious hours to practice catching cards from the air. With this device, uh, you catch cards the first time. Uh, I don't see the metal holder, though, but this is some sort of card catcher you could hold on to or something. Oh, I think I found it. Uh, yeah, it's like some sort of thing you would slip slip on your finger. I don't know how it would catch the cards, uh, so I guess I'll have to re- read the instructions. Then there's a square board with uh, a grid on it. I'm not sure if that's for a magic trick or not. Another wallet... Uh, and I'm not sure if this is a magic. This actually looks like a real wallet. Uh, there's nothing in here. It uh, it has a bunch of like uh, papers like that used to come in the wallet. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's genuine. Yeah, this is like I think this is just a normal everyday wallet. It could be magic, but I'm not smart enough to know. And it looks like we have a few more tricks. Uh, rising matchbox, and that's uh, very heavy. And a, another magician's handkerchief. Uh, then in another bag, we don't have any instructions. Let me see. So, yeah, I'll have to look. This has a fake $5 bill and a uh, box of cigarettes with what looks like a real cigarette. Yeah, real cigarette in the inside there. And then one more trick, uh, but this is another one that probably goes to something else. It's one card, and it has some string, and that's it. There's no, and a piece of blue tack. And then for later perusal, we have uh, a lot of card decks of cards. I'll just count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 different magic card decks uh, that maybe we could cover another point. Uh, but on behalf of all the magicians, I mean, I mean, I love magic. Uh, even though this was to put you to sleep, it's just me going through magic tricks without any reveals. Uh, other than my own uh, um, ability to be here keeping you company, this is what you'd call me for if you were paying me whatever what I would charge, which is a lot, uh, you'd say, I'd just say, okay, let me go through some, I got a box of magic tricks here. I could go through them for you. Uh, so yeah, um, from my, it really is magic. The magic is the gift you give me of me being able to talk while you get some rest or you, you feel lonely to go through this kind of stuff. Cause this is like, uh, I get to do what I love, uh, and help you, uh, 
at the same time. What an honor. Uh, thanks and good night.